Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. We're actually doing a couple of uh, segments in this week to better take advantage of the fact that the Browns have opened their training camp and they are fully engaged in their preseason activities in Berea. Most recent episode, thanks very much to Daryl Ryder of 92.3 The Fan. And today we welcome in Jake Burns, who has been an unconventional kind of Browns reporter. And I say that by meaning he looks at the why that plays are able to be successful. He delves into the formations. He delves into the nuances of route running. He delves into how uh, quarterbacks make their reads and so on and so forth. I kind of like to say it's how the sausage is made reporting on pro football. And I'd also like to say it's something that very few other people are doing. And so it shows the versatility that Jake Burns has shown so far in his career to take advantage of the fact that more and more people want to know the little nuances of playmaking and how you align your personnel out on the field. And so he's been able to do that for various media outlets, most of which is Cleveland.com. Had a nice little chat with him, so we're going to post it here today on this week's edition of Tellage Talks. Jake Burns, checking out football, breaking it down. Here with Jake Burns, who wears a lot of hats, but shows a great deal of, uh, I think, versatility in your, your ability to cover this football team. Explain what the different uh, various media outlets that you're working for are, Jake. Well, I'm really focusing on Cleveland.com. They've started to do more X and O content, so I'm trying to do a lot for them. I still contribute to the OBR, and then um, I've done Browns Film Breakdown in the past. I'm not sure where that will go moving forward, but a lot of X and O content, a ton of stuff really through June, July, and August will be on Cleveland.com. So how did you get to just being a guy that really gravitated towards doing that X and O's breakdown alignment stuff that sort of thing yeah so i played college football and i've always had a passion for it i've coached at the collegiate level too and it's just something that's always become i shouldn't say become it's, it's just come sort of naturally to me okay so that's a part of football that i think i started to realize about 2017 was really growing the esoteric part of things understanding how the game works at an intricate level how the players are being told to 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 do certain tasks whether they're getting them done whether they're not and uh, just started to put that into video form on twitter and then started to take it to uh website based and explaining multiple videos that type of stuff with arrows directional explaining the goal for me is to teach so okay. i just want you as a fan um and some of some fans know this stuff because they're diehard but some fans don't so i try to teach everybody both at the beginning or you know intermediate level and then at the, the expert level too of what these guys are thinking and how they're getting from a to b so what's the maybe the ideal target that uh, a typical person that you might be looking at that you want to teach the game of football more so they can enjoy their Cleveland Browns or whatever team it might be. Yeah, so just any casual fan. I mean, whether, like I said, you could be somebody who's played in your past or somebody who's just said, I really like these personalities and I want to watch this team. And you get interested in how the things come together because there's 11 guys on you know one side of the football for the Browns, obviously, whether defense, offense, special teams, that are doing something. They're all on the same page. It's how are they on the same page and what are they looking at and how are they reacting? All of that stuff's fascinating to me. I found that it's been fascinating to other people so I'm just trying to target anybody whether like I said a, a newcomer to the game or somebody who's been doing it watching it understanding it for a long time something that you can just anything you can grab a hold of and talk to your friends about at the water cooler at work whatever 
and sound like the smartest guy in the room because that's what we all want to be at one point, right? Yeah, we, we, we absolutely do. Now, your past, as you mentioned, you, you played the game of football, you understand it. And when you talk about a talent, let's say like an OBJ, you know, people just see the great catches. They don't see the stuff that goes into maybe getting him aligned in the right spot, the right route, that sort of stuff. That's what you want to teach. Right? Yeah, so teaching how do they get off the line of scrimmage, what sort of uh, what we call stems do they do to right. sell going inside and then cutting outside when they're running vertically downfield how are they understanding if the ball is going to be on the back shoulder or if they're supposed to run out and run under it all of those little things that you might not think about you just see throw catch touchdown it's not always that easy there's a lot that comes into it and we talk too about what the defenders are seeing and how the Browns are trying to confuse them by running various route concepts that you know create that confusion create what's called conflict of decision who am I going to cover where am I going to go and that sort of is really fun too to watch how Freddie schemes those sorts of things up what did you think of how he schemed things up uh, in the second half of last year so I thought that what he did a lot of was simplified things I thought he simplified things for his offensive tackles thought he simplified things for Baker Mayfield getting with that quarterback and saying what are you comfortable doing how are you comfortable playing let's include those schemes that you're most comfortable doing mm -hmm. and I just want you at the end of the day you want your guys to feel comfortable you can have the best whiteboard ability as a coach to draw up anything and have an answer to anything anyone's trying to do but if you can't take what you know and instill it in your players to play with confidence and understanding you're then you're not a good ball coach you have to be able to get what's in your brain to your players brain and have them playing fast all the time and I think that's the biggest thing that Freddie was able to do translate what he knows through what his players know get all on the same page and let those guys just use the athletic ability and play fast so what you've seen of Baker so far in this small sample what do you like what what can he get better at well I mean he's 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 probably going to be working on uh, some of the things I wrote about at cleveland.com which is understanding the whole field not just looking at half the field understanding where zone defenders are going keep continuing to have a good feel for pressure going on around it but throw the football accurately I think he wants to really improve on completion percentage thought he had a sharp day out there today thought he threw it well there were no turnovers uh, there was a, a, a direct fault of his own there was one missed throw I thought he could have hit Cal or, uh, Higgins for a touchdown just missed it but he was accurate sharp you know delivering the football with good velocity all of those things you want to see and it's his team it's his it's his he knows now this is my franchise um, you know I'm only a second year guy but everybody's looking at me and they are expecting big things from me and he's not going to back down from that and I think you see a bravado the confidence that we we, we knew when he was coming in was going to have had to temper that a little bit with Tyra Taylor now he's at the forefront this is his team this is his franchise he wants his attitude to to manifest itself between those other guys on the field and in the organization and that is to me the biggest change all right so let's talk alignments let's say the amount of tight ends on the field at the same time versus uh, a running back or, or um, give me your philosophy as to what works best or where do you think this Todd Munkin slash Freddie things or uh, Freddie uh, Kitchens thing is going to go in that regard well if you look at the best offenses in football right now they're typically playing with three wide receivers one tight end one running back that's called 11 personnel yes. you count the number of tight ends and the number of running backs and then you fill out the number five with however many wide receivers would be left to fill out that number so I expect like the Rams Chiefs those teams that are the most explosive teams have done a ton of 11 personnel you have a sort of uh um, hybrid tight end, someone like Travis Kelsey, who the Browns believe David Njoku becomes, that can block and pass catch all at the same. Uh, you have a back on the field to run the ball, but you're spreading teams out at the same time. You have three really good receivers on the field. They, they uh, ran today with Higgins, Callaway, and OBJ. They're going to do that often. I'm sorry, Jarvis and OBJ. They're going to substitute package in Callaway, keep his legs fresh, let him lift the lid off of defenses with that elite speed that he has. But they have four really good wide receivers and three really good running backs and two pretty good tight ends. 
skins. It's a rare package on, uh, you know, if you're looking at skill talent, I think that a lot of people have come to really respect this Browns roster right now for the skill talent that they have. So expect them to do a lot of 11 personnel, three wide receivers, like I said, featuring Jarvis, Odell, and then Higgins, Callaway coming in to give guys a rest or to be a certain type of route running package. To uh, he, he might be a guy that maybe only gets 30 catches, but he might have 17, 18 yards a catch. Okay. So he's going to be a big play threat. That's how they envision him. If you think Todd Monk in Tampa Bay, think Deshaun Jackson. Doesn't lead in snaps, maybe the top two in snaps, but he's third in snaps, but he's got the more, most yards per catch and maybe the second most yards from scrimmage. That's what they want him to be. A guy who they play 35, 40 snaps, and that guy just flat out moving every time he's on the field. Last year, he was thrust into a role that was yeah. a little ahead of him. He took the year off the year before due to the suspension. So, yeah, expect him to get back to the crux of your question. Todd loves big plays. Expect a lot of 11 personnel. Freddie loves tight ends. He used a lot of them last year, so expect Freddie to still incorporate Demetrius Harris, two tight ends, even getting Seth DeValve involved in a three tight end look occasionally when they want to use some personnel advantages they have there. If they put three tight ends on the field, maybe they know the defense brings on extra linebackers. That's a matchup advantage that we can take advantage of. It's all about matchups. Everything is really, really close. It's symmetrical in the NFL. Everybody's doing what everybody else is doing for the most part. Yeah. They look at on film, is our player better than that player? How do we get those two matched up together? That's what they're going to try to do. The Browns now have those advantages across the board. Assuming he stays with the team, and let's not talk about potential trades or any of that, how is Duke Johnson used in this alignment of the offense with Monk and slash Freddie versus maybe how things were a year ago? I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this for so long with him, and it's it's okay because he's really good. I just you would like to see them use him in the right way. I mean, he can be a jet sweep guy, the guy who goes in lateral motion, takes a handoff lateral, and beats teams to the perimeter. He can be a run uh, running back threat. I mean, people forget that he was Miami University's all-time, all-time leading rusher. The, I mean, they get Adrian James and Clinton Portis. They've had names, Frank Gore. So it's like the guy can run. They need to take away some of his run pass predictability. Let him run the ball just a little bit more to keep defenses neutral. You don't want defense is saying, oh, 29's on the field, it's going to be 80% pass tendency. You don't want that. So they need to try to avoid that the best they can, but also, like I said, incorporate him in the slot, let him go on some flat jet motion stuff, even if it's just for deception, use him in that way, get him out on some routes against maybe nickel corners or linebackers who just aren't as athletic as he is. He can do those things. I envision really the pressure that he has put on them from a trade perspective, and this probably hasn't been talked about enough. The Browns are now feeling we have to keep him, we're going to keep him, we're going to be a big part of the offense. Well, I actually think he might be a big part of the offense, so that'll be fascinating to track. That's going to be awesome. How about how uh, Olivier and Miles are mixed on the field at the same time, not this, that, how, what, what do you see? I just asked Miles about that, actually, because I think it's a really interesting point of contention. Both have been predominantly right-side rushers, yes. so they have spent a majority of their snaps. Miles only had about 53 snaps from the left side last year's first full year healthy. Olivier has really been like 85% on the right side. They're both very flexible. I've asked both of them through OTAs, minicamp, and today. They both seem very flexible. Miles was really good coming off that left side when his you know sample size was small, but he's really good, and mm-hmm. uh, he can do it, and he just said in there you know I I had asked him obviously this is a coach's decision and you're going to do whatever they tell you to do but how do you feel about it he said we feel good we're going to go out there we're going to line up we're going to mix up where we line up whether that's at dn i'm at the opposite dn i'm step back off the ball as sort of a rush gap linebacker like the the texans do with jadavian Clowney, or he might be lined up in a three technique over a guard which is he's so tough to block for guards he kills people inside they're going to move those two all over they're going to sub one of them down inside they're going to bring Jannard avery on the field they're going to do three down lineman sets and let you know both of those defensive ends maybe get out and cover a flat they're going to do different things they're going to just be deceptive they don't want the quarterback thinking 
you know, I always know where Miles Garrett is. I always know where Olivia. They want to mix it up, and and they might ride the hot hand, like just what Garrett said. If if one guy's killing it off that side, keep him over there, and let's run with it all day, and let's you know let's punish opposing offenses. Jake, how can they be better at uh, covering uh, tight ends? Um, and it seems like that's a, a better aspect of what Wilkes does or has done in the past. Well, it comes down to personnel for me. Uh, Greg Williams loved to use three linebackers, which is sort of archaic in in the modern NFL. The base defense people talk about four three. It's not really base defense anymore. It's four two five is what you should be doing. Four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. The Browns, if you paid attention to their offseason, spent a you know ubiquitous amount of funds on um, you know and and, and, a, and assets on the likes of Eric Murray, Morgan Burnett, uh, Jermaine Whitehead's a big part of what they want to do. They went out and got Sheldrick Redwine in the draft. They're doing different things and loading up on DB talent. Uh, they're going to use the, the the plethora of outside corners they have. Bump TJ Carey inside. Also bring. Uh, Jermaine Whitehead and Eric Murray down to play the slot and Demarius Randall has said in his time talking to the media that he will also spend some of his time closer to the football too so they're going to use their athletes to match up better it'll be less zone spot dropping where they just drop to an area and tight ends run free it's gonna be more hands-on i think they're going to be more proactive at rerouting people off the line of scrimmage and they're just going to put better athletes on tight ends because that's what at the end of the day would you rather have someone like christian kirksey covering a tight end or would you rather have somebody like eric murray tj carey uh you know morgan burnett those guys who are bigger more athletic safety types i think that's what um, i'm most excited about for steve wilkes well right now we know a lot of your works uh, uh, coming at us from cleveland.com where else yeah so the obr uh i have some stuff that goes up there too and then you know a lot of stuff i throw on twitter i'm mm-hmm. at jake underscore burns 18 i do a lot of uh, you know stuff that i'm interested in feedback from people what they're seeing i like to give my insight and answer questions all that stuff so cleveland.com is pretty much the home right now um, but you can find some stuff at the obr and then on my twitter handle too great well good luck to you and thanks great insight thanks john Thanks very much to Jake Burns for stopping by and chatting with us. Former college football quarterback, also has history as a coach. So he brings those aspects of the game of football into his reporting. And I think you're going to hear more and more about Jake Burns as his career continues to take off. And I give him a lot of credit, too, because he has essentially made his own way in this realm. He is trying out different things. He really is analytical as to how football is conceived and executed. And I find his coverage to be very fascinating. So hope you get the opportunity to check out Jake Burns, Jake underscore Burns 18. That is his Twitter handle. And I'm sure you could find him on other realms of social media as well. So thanks again to Jake and thank you to you for listening, and we'll talk to you the next time on Tellage Talks.